the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faster than a speeding blooper. It's Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. It is Faith Talk Live, but uh, Rick Probst isn't here. Look who's standing in for him. Good morning. Stand, step up to that microphone, Susan Norris. Glad to be here. And you yeah. got your bell. That's right. I have I have Rick's bell. I may just take it with me. You should. I think I will and hold it ransom. You know, actually, I think this is my bell that you gave me because Rick has hidden his bell, so it wouldn't be taken. Well, we might have to find it before we'll have, we'll have I leave to look and leave it. a ransom note. <laughs> Definitely. Look out, Rick. Yes, but uh, co-host du jour, it is Susan Norris. We're so glad you're here today. Thank you. I've been telling y'all for a while that you needed more estrogen in this room. I know, and and Shamso <laughs> and Tiana just don't provide enough. So. No, we really don't. <laughs> Maybe I, I just need to impart some of that harassing spirit so they can keep Oh, she's line. got the harassing spirit for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dan Reckless. <laughs> <laughs> she just doesn't have the spirit of having seen Frozen, but we're not going to bring that up again. Again, no, like we talked not. about yesterday. Let it go, Dan. Let it go. <laughs> Please, Please just it let it go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Susan, it's going to be a fun day, I can tell Absolutely. already. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And it's so cool because you know the guest that we're having on today, Missy Owen of Davis uh, Foundation, Dave, Davis Direction Foundation. When I uh, first talked to you about being on the show and you said, hey, who's going to be on? And I told you, you're like, oh, I know her, which it shouldn't surprise me because you know everybody. <laughs> you and Ken Kington know everybody. You How- too, Dan. I don't know everybody, everybody like the two of them do. Everybody knows you. Well, that's because I was on the fish for a while. Everybody <laughs> hears that that voice, and they're like, I know Dan. Yeah, yeah. I know Dan. Dan was in my choir. Dan was my youth leader. Dan, yeah. yeah. Well, that's only when County. you're up in Cobb County. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so how do you know Missy? Missy and I actually met at an event in West Cobb that uh, Hicks Melanson, he is a Harry Norman real estate agent but Mm -hmm. has also become a friend and he's involved in the rotary and the whole issue of our teens and everything that's been happening with our teens be it gang violence drug abuse and addiction sex trafficking all of that he just he's had to do something and has kind of supported each of those fights and then he came up with an idea he said hey what if I bring you all together? So he brought Kit Cummings. I don't know if yeah, you've ever had no, Kit we've had on Kit here. on before, yeah. So he brought Kit in um, to talk about youth and violence with his Power Peace Principle. Mm. He brought Missy in to address the whole drug addiction and the huge opioid addiction that is going rampant through our mm-hmm. metro Atlanta area that she lost her son to, mm-hmm. and then brought me in to speak about the issue of sex trafficking. And we really addressed how those three intersect yeah. a lot more than people oh, realize sure. they do. Yeah. So um, that was the first time that I met Missy. And then we just keep running into each other on different platforms or at the Target or wherever we yeah. happen to be. Yeah, very so. cool. And uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, Susan? Because I know it, you're not going to just do nothing because you're Susan Norris. Well, I'm not having tacos. <laughs> you're, not, you're not having tacos. And we'll get to that in just a <laughs> second with Shamso. Sorry, dear. <laughs> you're now in the family. That's I pick right. on every, I'm an equal opportunity like harasser. 
Offender. No, you I, can say offender. It's okay. Uh, offend, I, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, um, I'm cooking everything. My kids have both reached out with their list of must-haves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will start, actually, when I leave here, I'll start with um, the mass production of epic food quantities because right. my son can come in like a vacuum cleaner and clean it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I will start start um, with all the casseroles that you can do ahead of cooking time. Cooking anything that can be prepped ahead of time, and then realize how many more times I need to run to the grocery store yeah. because my husband's like again. I mean, to the point that the people on the checkout line, I really just need to invite them to come eat Thanksgiving with us because they're <laughs> exactly. like family when I'm done. I know I'm the so. same way. Inevitably, I forget something and I have to go back to the store and get something else. Sorry, I know how you feel. Make that little now, list. What is this about tacos for Thanksgiving, Shamsu? Dan, <laughs> not to judge me. I'm I, not judging. I'm just asking. Okay, I can feel the judgment. <laughs> I think Thanksgiving food is a little overrated. Okay. It's, just, it's overwhelming. And we grew up, like, we didn't have a turkey every Sunday, but my mom, she made dinner. Yeah. And it was like the whole shebang. And I'm like, oh, Sunday I'm dinner. over it. Yeah, it's like Sunday dinner every every week. Yeah. And one year, I just like gave up meat, <laughs> so I took a little tofurkey <laughs> to my brother in law's oh, house. No. Oh, who is oh. an executive chef? And he says, "Don't ever oh, come back wrong. in here." <laughs> yeah, it was really good. What exactly is tofurkey? It's tofu turkey. Yeah, and, and that was good. Okay, tofu There's anything? No I'm sorry, thing. no, no such no. animal as is, is, is That's a, a tofu, tofu turkey. No. It's a tofu or it's a turkey. <laughs> yeah. Don't so, bring that tofurkey yeah, in here. I would rather have tacos for Thanksgiving. I just want to be non-traditional. Just okay. like, you know. Well, I'll give you that because I love tacos. I could have tacos yeah, any day. I'm having tacos today. Okay. I suggested that she have the traditional and then take the turkey and make tacos. Turkey but tacos. But then she corrected me and said they didn't start eating until late in the day. Oh, yeah. yeah like 8 o'clock. <laughs> See, that's way too late. <laughs> oh, Mercy, I'm about ready to go to sleep by then. <laughs> Although, I am who knows? Then. You know, people are out shopping because they've now turned Thanksgiving into Black Friday. It's that's now, true. I don't know what color they call Thursday because. But I, I don't There's either, a lot of stores that are not opening is what I think a lot of people have complained. Well, good. And they should. Like, yeah, seriously. Give, give Thanksgiving its day. Yeah. Then you can start shopping on Friday. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do that whole thing, getting up early, early Mm-mm. on Friday morning. No, I, no, just, I, I get in. up early during the week for yeah. work. And if I have a day off, I'm not getting up out the house. I know we've got time for that. Nope. <laughs> no, I'll start late. I won't, I won't like midnight yeah. or something just for the adventure. Actually, it's my son who started that tradition with me. Yeah. Because, you know, he's a typical guy. He's a hunter. He's mm-hmm. like, show me what we're looking for. I'm going in. Yeah. See, so, I just can't meanwhile, s- give me my phone and I'll just gonna press that. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I don't want to deal with all the crowds no. and fighting mm-hmm. people and trying to get that, that no, one TV that's for sale. I do not want to be on the news because yeah. I'll be like, that's my TV. I will be that person jumping <laughs> over. <laughs> You'll be knocking kids out of the way, running yes. over you know, people. The, the very first time I ever did a Black Friday shopping, this woman was in Macy's upstairs. There had been a misprint for mm-hmm. a um, KitchenAid mixer, and she was giving them the business because right. it had been printed in the newspaper, different from that store sale flyer. And they were standing there in their business suit, and they were like, "We are so sorry, this was a misprint." You know, and, and they were in the right because it had been the newspaper that had done the incorrect printing. Mm. And I said, "I'm I can't do this. I'm done." <laughs> and then we saw her walking by later. Going, I knew I would get it, and I thought, okay, that's just wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And 
People like to take advantage of that, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, well, some other things going on. Uh, yesterday, the Georgia Dome was imploded. Did you see that? Yes. I did yeah. see that happening. Did you I watched see- it on television. Did you? Did you also see that Marta bus. <laughs> what, what happened? Mar- okay, Marta was supposed to be like, they weren't supposed to be doing any services in the area. Yeah. And people were like across the street, had a prime location, and then a Marta bus comes and stopped right in front of oh, it. No. And when it left, it had already exploded. Oh, no. <laughs> and the Weather Channel's cameras were set to be able to show you everything. And you see Marta, and it's like, there's the dome. Here comes Marta. Marta drives away. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. So now there's a, a bunch of memes like with the Falcons game because, you know, they barely won last night. Yeah, right. And yeah, so did. right before somebody got a touchdown, they just hit Marta bus <laughs> right there. <laughs> But other networks did have good camera angles. I I actually, um, I saw it on the news, and then I had a state task force meeting that I had to go to, and the building's right near where it it was imploded. So I got off. I'm walking through the parking deck and look over, and it kind of startled me because I was used to looking over and seeing it. Seeing the dome. And there was just all this dust actually still by the time wow. i got down there i had not heard about the marta bus yeah, that's too gotta funny go look it up that's too <laughs> funny. All over hilarious. that poor driver he's probably getting all kinds of i mean uh, you could just hear mail. the the anger like really we waited all this time <laughs> and of course the bus just slowly leaves as marta does and right, yeah. building's gone it was like a seinfeld episode <laughs> <laughs> and the driver's probably like oh look there goes the dog that would be oh, Kr- right that would here. be kramer driving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a couple other things here. I thought of you when I saw this because you're a trendy type person. Oh, thank you. And and uh, you are probably around the same age that I am, uh, although 80s would be more our fashion, would you say? Were you an 80s girl? I was an 80s person, but it was not my fashion. You, it was your fashion. <laughs> you didn't do uh, parachute pants and um, I did all some that. of it, but mm-hmm. not a lot of it. And, you know, they say that if you wore it once, you should never wear it again. Okay. All right. Well, apparently 90s fashion trends are coming back. Oh, heaven. This heaven. would be more you because you grew up, uh, you were a teenager in the 90s, yep. right? Um, for instance, a guest logo shirt, which I thought was 80s. That's uh, kind of like, 80s. yeah, late if, 80s, I think, yeah, late 80s. Yeah, late 80s, okay. And uh, <laughs> the Rachel, we got people staring in the window over here. We had a studio audience standing outside. The Rachel, do you remember the Rachel haircut? Oh, yeah. Yeah? No. You know the Rachel haircut? Have From you ever Friends? watched Friends? Please don't tell me you've I never did. watched Friends. Okay, because she hasn't watched Frozen, but she's watched Friends. <laughs> she's watched Friends, okay. And we need good. to let it go. Okay, yes, we do. Uh, the, you know the Rachel haircut? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's apparently making a comeback, which I wish I could do, but I can't because I don't have enough hair to do that. I get you a nice piece. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I want, please. Yes, I want to see that. If I'm going to get a piece, I'm going to get a Trump piece. So it, this oh, is this big, no. big oh, orange no. hair. Yeah. No. Um, no Tito. Amber, Abercrombie and Fitch, which I thought was still around, but maybe yeah. not. Mom jeans? What are mom jeans? Tiana has a pair of mom jeans. They're the high-waisted jeans, and they're very loose. People are wearing those now. Oh, so they're boy. wearing the high-waisted jeans with like a crop top. Yeah, no, that never looked no, good. No, no, it didn't look good. Uh, the oversized denim jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, lip liner. Did lip liner ever go out? It depends on what makeup counter you go to. Okay. All right. <laughs> Choker chains, bleach blonde hair, uh, and honorable mentions go to the Caesar haircut. What is that? I, have no I don't idea. have a clue. Okay. The Caesar haircut, high cut, one piece swimsuits, and Tommy jeans. Apparently, they're all coming back. So. Oh, joy. So there you go. So if you want to be trendy, 
wear all those things I'm and okay. have the Rachel haircut. Yeah, I don't think I'm. Going you don't want to do that. Okay. No. All right. Well, enough of all that stuff. Uh, let's let's bring our guest in. She's hopefully sitting in the green room. Is that she right? Is. And she has a friend with her apparently. So uh, we're going to bring in Missy Owen of the Davis Direction Foundation and uh, hear her sad but uh, also inspiring story of what she's doing now uh, after the death of her son. And we will talk about all that with our guest host. Susan Norris from uh, Rescuing yes. Hope. The one and only Susan Norris. <laughs> and you're probably thankful the, of that. The world can't handle another <laughs> one. That's right. We'll be right back after this. Stay with us. ATL and FTL, a match made in Buckhead. Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan on Faith Talk Atlanta. It is Faith Talk Live, the Tuesday edition. Well, really, it's kind of like a Friday edition because tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday, you will hear best of Rick and Dance because we're going to take some time off for Thanksgiving. But Rick's already taking time off, so in his place is the very uh, capable, what is your name? Susan Norris. Susan Norris. <laughs> you say that so timidly, like... Susan Norris. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Because we know that you are anything but timid. Yeah, Susan. not a bit. No, not a bit. Uh, and we've talked for uh, many, uh, many, many, many months about having you come in and, and guest host, and you've wanted to bring estrogen in on the show. Yeah, and I thought so it was needed. Yeah. And see, Rick, you know, just you can take an extended vacation, Rick. It's okay. Yeah. That, well, that's what my kids said yesterday because my kids were guest hosting yesterday, or at least two of the three of my kids. And uh, they had such a good time. I think they might want to kick Rick out of his position. I saw that, and I really appreciated that um, your daughter was representing yes. Rescuing Hope wearing her T-shirt. Yes, so. she she enjoyed wearing that and uh, and representing for you for yeah, Rescuing Hope. I appreciate that. All right, and giving you a little uh, preview of, of you being on today. There you go. All right, so our guest today is Missy Owen. Missy, welcome. Thank you. You're glad welcome. to be here. We're so glad you're here. You, uh, I was told about you by Tracy Arnson. Uh, Jay and Tracy both uh, spoke very highly of you. How, how do you know Jay and Tracy? How did you get connected with them? Well, Jay and Tracy and I have um, a common interest because I have adopted one of their orphan children from Cambodia. Oh, yeah, through Saving Susan. Through okay. Saving Susan Ministry. Awesome. Correct. Now, yes. tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the, the orphan you've adopted. His name is Andrew. He's 10 years old, and he is... The cutest little thing ever, mm-hmm. but um, he loves baseball, he loves outside, and he loves my husband more than anything. So <laughs> I see. I'm just kind of there because. <laughs> so have y'all had but a chance to go and actually meet him? In we person? have not met him, but we Skype with him every other week, mm-hmm. and um, he is learning English. He's not very proficient yet, but he's learning English, and of course, we can't speak his language at all, so right. it's so, interesting. So when you talk to him on Skype, is there an interpreter there, I'm assuming, yes. that helps helps you guys? Well, that's yes. cool. Very neat. Now, are you going to talk to him on Thanksgiving Day? I mean, I guess they don't celebrate Thanksgiving there, so it may not be a <laughs> yeah, special day Yeah, we don't have them, plans so. to, no. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, I'm glad uh, Jay and Tracy told me about uh, uh, about you, and then as I was talking with Susan, asking her to come on and be a co-host, she said, oh, I know, Missy. And of course, Susan knows everybody, so that didn't surprise me very much. So she she spoke a little bit about how you guys met. So uh, talk about that, how you guys got connected. Uh, basically, from doing our platforms about what we believe in and what we're passionate about, we kind of end up at the same places and events talking about our nonprofits mm-hmm. and, and how we need people in the community to understand our missions. Right. And and Susan hasn't scared you away yet. <laughs> no, no. Nice, Dan. She hasn't got to know you very well yet, has she, Susan? Actually, she does. Okay. All so right, much of good. what Missy does really impacts what we do because very rarely 
do we have um, someone who comes out of a life of sex trafficking that there was not some form of drug addiction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. involved in either them choosing as a coping mechanism or a trafficker using it as leverage to hold them into the life. So Missy is my 1-800. I have a question, anything drug related <laughs> phone call because 1-800-MISSY. Um, yeah, 1-800-MISSY. There you go. So no, Missy I, help. <laughs> I have called her numerous times and said, what, what do I do with this? Where do I go for this? Right. So, I mean, she is a wealth of information. Cool. Well, we can't wait to hear more about the Davis uh, Direction Foundation and how, how it got started. We'll get to uh, Davis's story in a minute. But first, I just want to find out more about you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you and uh, you, you and your husband. And uh, uh, just uh, what, what am I trying to say here? Anyway, just tell, tell us about you. Okay. <laughs> we live in Marietta. Um, we recently moved from Kennesaw to Marietta. Mm-hmm. But um, I am a lifelong educator. I retired from the field of education in 2014. My husband and I will be celebrating 27 years of marriage this this wow. next month. Congratulations. And awesome. um, we have five kids. And um, the last one went off to college this past this past fall. And mm-hmm. so we have become empty nesters. Oh, wow. That's a fabulous so. stage of life. <laughs> <laughs> it's is, interesting. Is it weird after having five kids to going to none now? I mean... Are you strangers in your own home? Or? Oh, no, That's no. Good. It's kind of like um, we're having fun again. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's um, it. you just forget mm-hmm. how it is because your mind's always having to deal with a child or having to deal with the child's problem or um, event or whatever. My kids are very active and, and they do a lot of things. Yeah. So we're usually following them around, and now we get to follow each other around. So it's kind of fun. Very cool. Yeah. Are they? Are you having the kids come for Thanksgiving this week? Or? Yes, they'll all be home. Okay, good. So that it'll be a happy, fun home. Yes. By the time I get out of here, I'll have one in the air from DC on her way home, and hopefully another driving up from um, FSU, and then. I have two that live in Atlanta. Wow. So. Okay. Very cool, man. And uh, so, where did you teach? I was the guidance counselor at Hayes Elementary in Cobb County. Okay. I know where Hayes is. Mm-hmm. So you were a guidance counselor for elementary school students. For 26 years. How fun, and then I how taught was first that? grade for eight years. How fun so, was that? Um, it, it was a lot of fun at times, and it was heartbreaking yeah, at times. I bet so, it was. Yeah. Wow. Now, heartbreaking. What what would be heartbreaking? Just hearing some of the stories of things that kids go through? or Abuse. Yeah. Just, you know, kids who were so unfairly treated and, mm-hmm. and abused and you oftentimes just had to send them back into that environment because wow. you couldn't do anything else wow all right well let's uh, let's get into the story of the davis direction foundation we got about three minutes here before we have to go to a heartbreak so let's start with the story of davis and uh, and how he went from being a class president to unfortunately being addicted to drugs so tell tell us the story of davis well he was a fabulous young man he was a uh, junior class president, senior class president, Hall of Fame, went on to KSU on the dean's list. And in between high school and college, though, there were some stressors that just proved a little bit too much for him. And he, being as bright as he was, couldn't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And his his brain would just never seem to turn off. So he went to the family medicine cabinet looking for something to help him sleep and um, ended up with opioid medication that said may cause drowsiness, and that's where his drug addiction began. Hmm. 
Wow. So just trying to find self-medicating. Sleep. Yeah. Yes. Wow. How 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 uh, common is that in America? Well, one in ten people have a genetic predisposition to have a euphoric experience when they use a drug, an opioid, for the first time. And he was one of those one in ten. And um, it's very common if you're one of those people. However, if you take opioids long enough, they become very addictive, whether or not you're genetically predisposed. Hmm. All right. So uh, did, did you see anything in Davis right away uh, that that caused you to be alarmed or concerned? Not for a very long time. You can be extremely functional on opioids. And opioids are prescription painkillers for those who don't know. Right. So so what caused the first um, time for you to go, wait a minute, we have a problem here? We were leaving on Thanksgiving morning to go to my folks' house, and we usually took our shotguns and just shot. That's what you do in the country, mm-hmm. you know, in right. Georgia. <laughs> yeah, of course. And um, we pulled the, the shotgun cases out, and they had been replaced with BB guns because the shotguns had been pawned. And that was when okay. we knew we had a real problem. So he had pawned them to, to, to get money to be able to, to yes. buy. What was he buying at the time? Was it heroin? or No, it was prescription, prescription painkillers. Pain. And, and they're about a dollar a milligram on the street. So once you are at a level where you're taking enough to get high, they become very expensive. Wow. And that's why so many people turn to heroin because it's so much cheaper. Right. Okay. Um, we've got about a minute here. So... Uh, what happened then? Did did you confront him, or did you know right away what happened? Or we did. He went into counseling, and he wanted help. He said he he had gotten in over his head. He needed help. He wanted to do something. Mm-hmm. And us not knowing what was going on, we'd never had any dealings with drugs or the drug um, life. So we got him into counseling. And thought everything was going well. He did well for a while. And um, after, I guess, a couple of months, he started using again. And we didn't know because, like I said, you can be very functional right? and um, continue to use. All right. Let me stop you there. We'll, we'll finish up the story and then get into the uh, Davis Direction Foundation, how that got started after we come back from this. It's Faith Talk Live, the Tuesday edition with Dan Radcliffe. And Susan Norris. And Susan, I'll let you talk anytime okay. you want to. You go right ahead. Yeah, we'll be right breath. back right after this. <laughs> Stay with us. Right here from the palatial seventh floor studios in Buckhead, it's Faith Talk Live with Rick and Dan. Yes, it is the Tuesday edition of Faith Talk Live with Dan Radcliffe and my special guest co-host. Susan Norris. Yes, and this intro is just for you because I figure that you're a dancing queen, probably. Back in the day. Back in the day you were. I had so you wouldn't trophies. do that anymore? Well, it would be scary. <laughs> would you embarrass your children if you did that? <laughs> Always. Right yeah, okay. Well, but all that the more would be intentional. <laughs> That exactly. is our problem. You know, that is our right as a parent. It is. We have to embarrass the children, yeah. definitely. All right. Well, it is the Tuesday edition. Our guest today is uh, Missy Owen of the Davis Direction Foundation. Real quick before we get back to uh, to, to Missy and the story of Davis, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow through Friday, we're having Best of Rick and Dan uh, because we'll be gone for Thanksgiving. Tomorrow, we'll uh, rewind this, the uh, show with Heartbound Ministries, Andrea Shelton. Uh, Thursday, we'll have the O'Brien Sisters. And then Friday, it was our uh, show with Taylor. 
Taylor Lance, Miss Idaho, uh, who was on with us a couple of weeks ago. And she was a lot of fun to have on. Also, I want to let you know about the Atlanta Christmas Musical. It's coming up December 8th through the 10th at First Baptist Church Woodstock. The tickets and information at atlantachristmasmusical.com. Sounds pretty cool. This year's show, it's all new. It's called Letter of Legacy. It's set in the 1960s and follows a family whose Christmas gathering explodes with an unexpected surprise. Well, there you go. There you go. And if it was from the 60s, you, you never There's know no what There's no telling happened. what that unexpected surprise very could true. be. Very, very true. All right, let's get back to uh, Missy Owen. And uh, you were telling us a story of your son Davis. Uh, and we left off with uh, he had gone to get help for his addiction to, to painkillers. And let's pick up there what happened then. Um, he eventually went into rehab. And he stayed for about three and a half weeks and of course, insurance was, they were starting to bicker back and forth. And the place where he was said, we've done everything we can do for him. You know, he needs to move into an intensive outpatient program. And at that point, they hadn't really decided that uh, opioid addiction needed a minimum of six to nine months mm. and preferably a year worth and this of was treatment. Just three years ago? Is that mm, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so um, when he came out of rehab, we thought he was cured. You know, we had never done any, we had never had any dealings with drugs. So he came out of rehab. We thought he had done his time and everything would be great. But then after we started doing our research after uh, he he passed six weeks after that, Mm -hmm. and we had done our research looking into trying to help others and um, found that if you go into a rehab for 28 days or less, you're 32 times more likely to come out and die within the first six months Why is than that? if you'd never gone before because your brain is not well and you lose your tolerance to the drug. Mm-hmm. So you start using again at the level that you used before. Your body can't handle it, but your brain thinks you're fine. Addiction is one of those diseases where the body heals quicker than the brain mm-hmm. and that's dangerous because you feel good you feel like you're doing well but your brain's still very sick hmm. now did you see any signs that davis was starting to use again no hmm. no wow. so it just came as a complete shock the day that you found out that he had overdosed yes we thought he was going to a meeting and um he never came home wow man i just can't imagine so when he um when he overdosed, was it the kind of thing where it was a struggle and he was trying to escape the struggle or you think he was just using and didn't realize where what was coming next? When you are a heroin user, an opioid user, you have what's called pause, post-acute withdrawal syndrome. It comes back around and you just have these horrific cravings for the drug to be back in your body. Hmm. And that's what happened. So I'm he sure. was just using to use. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. not trying to check out. He Nine out of ten people who come out of rehab or incarceration for opioid heroin use will relapse. Mm-hmm. And many of those will relapse and die. Wow. And what uh, really took me with, with this story, especially with Davis, I mean, he was a, a class president of his senior class, spoke at the at the graduation. I watched his graduation speech that you have online. Um that's not the type, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's not the type of person that you normally think of as a drug addict. But it's it's so com- so much more common than we might think. We refer to opioids as the equal opportunity destroyer mm-hmm. because it knows no boundaries. 
And um, when you think about it, many, many people have um, been given legal opioid prescriptions from doctors that began their addiction. If you think about sports injuries, wisdom teeth, tonsillectomies, um, even even something as minor as an earache, doctors are handing out opioid prescriptions. In 2012, enough opioid prescriptions were written that every man, woman, and child in this nation could have a bottle of their own. Wow. Wow. And I, and you're talking like oxycontin, ox, oxycodone, uh, Vicodin, Percocet, undelauded. Yeah. Right. So is the medical community waking up to this and recognizing that by providing these prescriptions that they are opening Pandora's box for patients? Yes, and, and some legal things are beginning to change now. The number of pills that they want people to write. Doctors are having to go back and get more training to be able to dispense opioid medications. You can't get a refill anymore. You have to go back into the doctor so slowly but surely, as as legal things always seem to happen, um, some changes are being made. I've heard you speak before about this, and you talk about um, that there's really not even a need for those to begin with, even if you've had surgery, but that there are some very simplistic steps that can be taken with over-the-counter medication that can help offset the pain. Can you That's address right. that? In 2006, there was a study done by the Cochrane Collaboration, which is a world-renowned research company. And what they found was that when you address physical pain, that one Advil and one extra-strength Tylenol provide better physical pain relief than do the opioid medications that would be prescribed. Wow. Now, you keep saying the word physical pain like you're stressing that is there right. so, so there's a mental there's a mental involved. pain there's an emotional pain there's three kinds of pain physical mental and emotional um the opioids do more to work with the mental and the emotional pain than advil and tylenol don't really touch those right so because the opioids why. give you kind of the high the euphoric feeling yes mm-hmm. that the tylenol and, and ibuprofen won't that's correct. Wow, and that's what people are addicted to. Is yes, that euphoric feeling. Now, as as uh, I guess that kind of goes along with having the medical community be more aware and not being able to get uh, uh, refills as easily. That opens up the box for illegal drugs to come in. Uh, I guess probably a little more. A story I read today, just uh, that was published today out of the L.A. Times, talks about drugs being made in Mexican super labs being more potent than ever. Talking about things like fentanyl and uh, carfentanil, is that right? Yes. Uh, that's a, that was an elephant tranquilizer, and it says that it can kill a human with just a speck or two. Sometimes you can't even see um, the amount that it causes to create an overdose. As a matter of fact, law enforcement has changed everything they know about working a crime scene. When there's an overdose now, they actually have to put on the nitrile gloves and the mm-hmm. um, masks and the goggles because even the dust from the carfentanil can get into the membranes of your body and cause you to overdose. Wow, that's amazing. And, and people are taking this voluntarily? Yes, and that's just the horrificness of this addiction. Wow. Opioid addiction is just, you know, a lot of people say addiction is addiction, but there are different severities of addiction, and there is nothing more severe than an opioid addiction. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, like with 
the trafficking and, and, and pornography, we talk about the progressiveness for the dopamine release that someone viewing pornography is chasing from soft porn to hard porn to bestiality to purchase. Are you saying that with drug addiction that the opioid is kind of like the final? Well, it depends. Um, like for somebody who gets prescribed uh, a pill and mm-hmm. may not even be a drug addict at all, may not have never have ever even used anything like marijuana or anything, mm-hmm. if they have that predisposition genetically mm-hmm. to become addicted, then they're addicted. Right. So, so that can happen just by taking what your doctor prescribes. Exactly. So in the opioid world, 85% of all heroin addiction begins in the family medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And it scary. began with a, mm-hmm. with a prescription for painkillers. Kill, pain so let's use that to transition to the Davis Direction Foundation that you started. Talk about the idea of how that started, obviously, uh, through what happened with Davis and, and what you guys are aiming to do. Well, when when you're living in the world of addiction, you're always chasing that person who's addicted. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have time to stop and learn what you need to learn. So for a year after Davis died, I researched every single day and wrote an article every single day, posted it on our website, and um, that became a book. And it was everything that I learned and wished that I had known Mm -hmm. when I was dealing with addiction. But the Davis Direction Foundation deals with education, prevention, harm reduction, awareness, and then recovery. And recovery is the best part. It's my favorite part. We opened a recovery community organization called The Zone. Mm -hmm. And we have over 2,000 people a month now who come into The Zone who are in recovery to get the resources and the support that they need to stay in recovery. Um, In this nation, there are 25 million people who are in recovery successfully. Mm -hmm. So they they need and they have to continue to work a program of recovery. But you can imagine coming out of incarceration or coming out of rehab and being very new in recovery, and you're trying to find a job or a place to live and – you're a convicted felon because one prescription pill in your pocket now that's not yours makes you a felon if wow. you're caught. Wow. So these kids are coming out. They have nowhere to go, no resources. So we help them. We surround them with people who have long-term recovery in the zone, and they make that connection. And we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction. Hmm. So what are some of the things that if a recovering addict came to the zone that they would receive? They can get recovery coaching. They can get meetings. We we meet them where they are. So if they want to do a 12-step program, they can do that there. If they want to do all recovery, if they want to do music and art therapy, um, we have counselors there. We have recovery coaches. There's a full full-blown coffee bar and there's um opportunities for working out physically we have a a whole workout room we have gaming stations xbox uh it's just like a home away from home where you can come and be surrounded with people who have 
the same values and like mind that you do to want to stay in recovery. It's Missy Owen with the Davis Direction Foundation. We'll find out more about the zone. We'll find out more about a conference that you've got coming up next year uh, to talk about that. And we'll just talk about what God has taught you through all this uh, and, and how your faith has carried you through this whole thing as we uh, continue with Faith Talk Live right after this. I'm Dan Radcliffe. And I'm Susan Norris. We'll be right back. You're listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. You are listening to Faith Talk Live with Dan Radcliffe, but it's not Rick Probst. No, it's not. It's none other than... Susan Norris. Yes, the one and only Susan Norris with a bell. With a bell. It's not Rick's. I'm going to find it, though. I know, but it's still a bell, nonetheless. All right. And uh, you just can't have Faith Talk Live without the bell. No. Some people would say you can have Faith Talk Live without the bell, but Rick would say no. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is uh, the Tuesday edition, which, which is really kind of our Friday edition because we have best of shows coming up tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. So we hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. We're enjoying talking to Missy Owen of the Davis Direction Foundation today. And we just left off talking about The Zone, which is kind of a, a recovery program for uh, for folks who have been through addiction. What kind of difference would The Zone have made for Davis, if that had been available when when he was dealing with his uh, addiction? Well, when Davis came out of rehabilitation, there was nowhere for him to go to connect with people who were safe and sober. Mm-hmm. You know, they have meetings, and, and those last for maybe an hour in the evenings or whatever, and you can go to, I guess, as many as you want to, but there was nowhere to connect. So when he came back from rehab... I went back to work. My husband went back to work. The kids went back to school. And Davis was there at home alone, Mm. getting in his head because there was nowhere for him to go. If he had been able to come to the zone, he would have been surrounded by people in recovery. He would have had that network that would have helped to keep him safe and sober. And that's why we started the zone. We didn't really, for, for two years, we just sat back and prayed and collected money and said, we know that God needs us to do this, but we don't know what we're supposed to be doing with this money right now. Mm-hmm. And um, when we talked about the zone, I, I was feeling very inadequate. And I told my daughter, I said, um, you know, I just don't think I'm qualified to be the CEO <laughs> of, of a program like this. And she says, Mom. God doesn't call the qualified. Mm-hmm. He qualifies the called. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. God has been there every step of the way to tell me. My prayer is lead God and direct me to do the things that we need to do to help these kids. And every step of the way, he has told me exactly what to do and how to do it. And he has blessed it beyond belief because the difference that we can make with people and and the way that they pursue their recovery now is like nothing that Cobb County has ever seen. And we bring people in from all over the state now. They're coming from throughout the the nation to see what we've got because they've heard about us. Mm. And every time somebody comes through, they're like, we need to build what you've done. We need to mm. be able to take this back to our community. So this next September, coming up in 2018, We are hosting our first national conference, which is going to be Building Communities of Recovery. It's going to be really different because it's not going to be about addiction. It's like somebody told me the the last time they were getting ready to go to a conference. They're like, you know, what more can you say about drugs? They're bad and people die. 
<laughs> and, you know, Period. I'm like, well, we're going to do a different kind of conference, and it's going to be about how to make recovery safe in your community and to for your community to realize the benefits because – you know, for every $1 invested in community, that generates an additional $7 for your local economy mm. by keeping people out of incarceration and keeping them in recovery. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great thing. Recovery is a great thing for everybody, not just the people who experience it, but the communities in general. And I don't know if you have any statistics, but I'd be interested to know statistically how uh, how much better people recover when they're in a community with others who have gone through the same thing whereas you know satan would like for us to think that we're on our own and and we're the only ones going through this so don't tell anybody about this for sure yeah that's really hard to get those kind of statistics right. on but i will tell you that many many people who come to through the zone will say this place saved my life hmm. and we hear that on a daily basis and just just for the fact that we have 2,000 people a month coming through our doors wow. tells you something. Something's well, it, going they're on. They're finding people like themselves who mm-hmm. understand. I mean, we see that in, in the issue that we fight as well, that you need people who have walked where you've walked, who can encourage and say, I've been right where you've been, mm-hmm. and you will get better. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what you think you need. I'm here for you, and I can help you walk this out. And that's the beautiful thing that Missy's created for yeah. these addicts is you're not the only one. Yeah. Well, and the people who work there, they are the embodiment of hope. Mm. They're, you know, we have people there who have 14 to 20 years of recovery under their belt. Hmm. And to be brief. able to share their experiences with others and, and know where they are and how they're feeling to help them journey through that is is really remarkable to see uh now i know obviously it's something that you probably never wanted to go through and you never want anybody else to go through but how has god used that what you went through with davis and everything else in your life personally to to grow your faith to to grow you and to what what has he done through all that Wow, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> in two minutes or less. Yeah, in two yeah, minutes or less. Yeah. No, no pressure. <laughs> um, there's so much that I've learned through all this. Number one, God allowed me to see that nobody wants to be living a life of addiction. Mm-hmm. Nobody raises their hand and volunteers to be that person who will take that journey. But so many people believe that it's a choice and that these people choose this and that they're reckless and they're careless and by and large they're not Mm -hmm. they're they're people who like i say are genetically predisposed and have in one way or another come to addiction Mm -hmm. uh the stigma is to me the biggest problem and that's what god has taught me more than anything is to be careful about my thoughts about people in being judgmental and in um, the way that I treat people. And I go back to the verse, you know, uh, the least of these, my brethren, if it can happen to you, you know, it could happen to me. And therefore, by the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. And that's truly something that that is true with this epidemic, because it can happen to anybody. All right. Davis Direction Foundation, or it's davisdirection.com 
is the website to get more information. Dot org. Uh, yes. To get more information, to uh, to find resources, lots of resources that are available. Uh, your your question and answer thing of, of what you went through that whole year of just trying to find information. Is that right? That's available right, there as well. Right, right. And uh, information about the zone and uh, all kinds of stuff. So use that resource. And we're at 32 North Fairground Street in Marietta. If anybody's looking to find a place of recovery, that's where we live. All right. Well, Missy, we certainly appreciate you coming and sharing your story. Uh, and just hope more people will find out about the Davis Direction Foundation. And uh, Susan, thank you so much for coming in. It was a pleasure Filling to be in here. for Rick. Uh, you should come in more often. I'll just kick Rick well, out. And- uh, hey. I'll do it. You know I will. I know you will. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. We will be back uh, Monday. Best of Rick and Dan for the next few days. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for joining us on Faith Talk Live. Have a great Tuesday. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.